Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. So before Pesach, we all were getting ready for Pesach. And again, to everyone, it's different. Even if it will be a regular year, just getting ready for Pesach is work for itself. And especially this year, everybody had their own situation, their own avoida, which was different, obviously, probably not the way you planned on having it. But in our human minds, it wasn't that hard because it was anyways going to be out of norm because it's before Pesach. So the kids are being off school anyways, and it's been Azmanim, and there's a lot going on. So in our mind, we were thinking, okay, we'll do this. Everybody, you know, everybody had their ways of managing, whichever way it was. But now, after Pesach, Baruch Hashem, I hope you all had a good Pesach. Whichever way it was, I'm sure you learned, or you, you, you taught, or you learned, whichever way it was, whichever way it worked. Now after Pesach, our human mind says, okay, it's time to get back to school, get back to where we have to go, whether it's Kailal, kids in school, clean up the house, have the cleaning lady come, and put everything in order so we can relax and go back to routine which is the word we're looking for, for pretty much a while now, routine we're looking for. But for some reason, it's a little bit hard to see it in the, you know, you never know, it can happen very fast and hopefully it will happen soon. But sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end. When are we gonna be able to sit down, get back to normal and relax? So again, um, to tell you exactly how you should work out in your situation, obviously everybody has their own, their own matzav, their own avoida. But interesting is that all year round, when we're in routine, there is something in us that is capable of escaping. Now, sometimes escaping it could be is a coping mechanism, which has to be done. In order things should work out, you have to get out, the husband goes to work, you have your cleaning lady, you know, the kids go to school. Things have to work pretty much routine. And um, it's set up in a way that it works, hopefully. But when things go out of norm, like now, all of these small things that we try to put aside, things that we should work on, but we're not ready to work on them. Things that come up, things that are hard. When things are in out of norm, usually these are the things that come up and you become aware of these things. And we would like to run back to our routine, um, quote unquote, the things that work till now, but not everyone and most people cannot run back to that, to that routine. So basically, all the things, a lot of things come surfing up, which we don't want to deal with, and we want to like run away from it, but 
it's hard. And now it gets really hard. So like we discussed before Pesach, that the first thing is, like they say, if there's anything going on, if there's any stress, anxiety, worries, any emotional situation, emotional dis uh, imbalance, is the first thing is be able to put it into words. To know what are the, th the things that you don't want to face. To at least be aware of it. Till now, you might have been able to put it aside, not look at it. But now these things come up and they are hard. And again, that doesn't mean we're going to fix everything now. But this itself, that you're aware, that you can understand what's bothering you, what are the things that you would love that things get back into routine, this itself to become aware, it already is already a shtickle nechuma. You can write it down and then eventually you take some uh, time off, a little bit of self-care, which is also, which we discussed, very important. And again, for everyone, self-care is different. If I'll tell you I do A for self-care and for you, it's not gonna do anything. It, that's also where we become self-aware what works for me? What do I need those few minutes? Um, and again, we're all in this, whether it's the, the husband, the wife, and the, the kids are home, kids need it too. They need the support and some could give it to them, some can't, it can get very hectic. And we do want that they should get back into routine, they should call their lines. Not everyone has enough lines, sometimes it gets harder. So just to become aware, becoming self-aware, knowing what are the things that could help you. Obviously, going to Florida is not gonna work now. Find something very small, something that you could do, just a few minutes to catch your breath and becoming aware of bothers you. And this itself can help a little bit and hopefully things will become back into normal in Hashem, but as of now, this is how we have to live, pretty much the new norm. And I just want to mention, like I said before, that no two are the same in the situation. There are many people that I talk to and they tell me this situation over here is so relaxing. The kids, they don't have pressure. The parents don't have pressure. I don't, I, it's hard to understand, but you have to hear that not everyone has the same reaction. Some, some kids have a lot of pressure when they go to school. They don't open their mouth, they don't answer over here, they don't feel it, and they're really enjoying it. Some kids are auditorial more than visual, and now they're on the phone. A lot of colors, a lot of different personalities come out. It's very important to become aware of it so that you know what, how to work with who. And, and then there are others who they can't go another day with the situation. You know, they need to get back to routine and the situation they're in, they just can't get back into it. So I believe maybe we'll hear a little bit more from Shloimi, if he can uh, elaborate, if he can help with the oilam that's under stress. For those chavre, a lot of the chavre that enjoy it, maybe they can speak to others and help them out because a lot of them need your help. But those who have a lot of stress, there's a lot going on. And I know my dear friend Shloimi deals a lot with that, if, whether it's the children, whether it's the adults, whether it's having them all in the room. So that's it for me, for me tonight. And soon we'll have the question and answer.
Shlomi, maybe you want to give us a little bit of introduction, a little bit of what you do, and what's your perspective on the matzav? Okay, wait a second. How do we get off this? Uh... <laughs> Am I? Do you hear me? Do I need to get on, on mute. Oh, you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. great. Very good. Okay, thank you so much. Well, one thing I gotta I gotta point out to you is that I can't believe how similar we think. I know that we go way back and we learned mechavrusa and we had chaburus and this now, but that's it's incredible how I was thinking things that are very similar. Um, and and I'd imagine the way I'm gonna say it is gonna be the way I'm gonna say it. So everything is gonna sound uh, have its own unique uh, way of, of how it sounds. First of all, I just gotta put out there that there's a huge chizik to be part of uh, such a um, such a gathering, such a, a Zoom group. Uh, it's really a chesed that, uh, that Menachem, you put this together and you're really an ish chesed and um, to be part of such a development, such a town that, that has this mamash lishma, just for people to get together and, and to be able to talk things through. It, it reminds me of what I saw in the news today that like they knew and they needed the plasma. They said they're going to the Jews. They're going to the Orthodox, to the, to the, to the, to the, because that's where you get it. That's, that's the people that they're going to line up to give their blood because purely mamash lishma, so it's really, really a chizik. And it's actually, uh, of course, little nishmas of Shaila bin Moshe. Of course, you know, uh, the chesed from Shaila. And also my grandmother's yard site, Chaybas of David Arya is also tonight. And, you know, that gives me a chizik also to see what people went through. And they still went and they still built, you know, communities. So it's, it's really a chizik. Thank you, Menachem. Thank you, Ushi, putting this together. Now, I got to put out there that I really love the title. Um, I didn't know what the title was going to be, but thank you, Ushi, for uh, writing that up. Uh, going back to norm when things are not norm. You know, it's, it's very like, you know, mysterious over there. It's like, like vague enough, but still interesting enough. Um, but the thing to me, what, you know, what that means is it's something interesting about this whole Corona thing is that on the one hand, it's a global pandemic. The whole entire world is dealing with this. At the same time, this is, I think what Menachem was pointing out, and this is a big thing by me in general with my whole self project and with the work that I do with people, is that we're still all processing it in our own single way. And I, I found that fascinating. I had a, a bucker text me today that um, he actually just texted me now when I was on. He texted me like some type of clip he did like with like, and he wrote bored 10 out of 10. Like he's like off the walls. He's just like bored. And, and then I was speaking with a girl the other week and she's like, just feeling so disconnected, feeling so alone. And then I had a mom tell me the other week that, you know, she's so frazzled. And another mom told me like, it was actually very interesting how metaphorically she said it. She said, you know, I'm feeding everyone in the family, but no one feeds me. And she meant it like in, in literal, but like metaphorically, that really struck me like, and no one feeds me. And like, and, 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 and fascinating, I like uh, have a few introverts that, 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 I, that I see and they, they're actually pretty okay with what's going on. And actually some of them are enjoying it. I had one guy even tell me, he was like, you know, he had a lot of anxiety in general and uh, generalized anxiety. And, and he said he actually, it was, you know, enjoying and actually he sees everyone anxious. So he feels pretty much normal, pretty much okay. So yeah, exactly what Menachem is saying is that although it's a global thing, it's everyone, the whole world, but every single person experiences in, in, in their own way. And it means different things with different people. So I just wanted to elaborate a little bit on that for one second. What is What exactly has happened to us in this whole Corona uh, situation. What, what, what's actually happening? What, what's different? So the schedule is different. So big deal. So camp is also different. When we go to the Bungle County, it's also different. Yom the Rum is also different. What is actually happening to us? What are we experiencing? So Menachem uh, mentioned before 
regarding stress. What is stress? If you think about the actual translation about stress, it's, it's a, there's a stressor. What is the word stress? Stress is a doggish, it's pushing. It's, 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 it's pushing something specific. Now, if you think of like a massage, if you ever had, uh, had one or if you know of what that is, so you're getting a little bit, you know, you get shiatsu, you get, you know, we get the real good Chinese uh, massage. I don't know if anyone's getting that right now, but, and they're pushing in certain places and they go, ow! So what happened? Because right over there is where you have something sore. That's what Menachem is saying. I'm just going to say it in my own way. I had something that happened today, which five Chaverim guys couldn't figure out. And, you know, Hashem should bless these Chaverim guys because they, they came and they're, they're spending time and, and, and energy and, uh, I think by, we try not to call them. I think we maybe uh, made it harder for ourselves than not. Um, but what happened was, is that the car um, was just not starting. So we thought, okay, hey, we thought we had a gas, we got gas. We thought the battery, we're getting a, a boost for the battery. No, none of that was working. And the, 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 the van was showing check engine. Now, some people don't like seeing check engine lights. So what do they do? They put like a, <laughs> if you have a, the dashboard is black. So they just put a black piece of tape. And then you don't see the check engine light. So good, show them all you throw. It's amazing. You don't see the problem. But it's not the check engine light that's the problem. The check engine light is telling you something that's under the hood. You got to go inside and check what's going on. You know, as I, someone told me a, a quote. He said that um, if you, you know, because of the quarantine, says if you can't go outside, then go inside. And Mr. Sishram says this. He says there's two ways to deal with stress. He says there's beforehand and then there's in the moment. Beforehand is going inside and realizing what are these things that for me are stressors. What's interesting is that you can be in certain houses and one, the, mod, the mother, one thing could, could bug her out of control and the father couldn't care. And somebody that throws the father off, the mother doesn't care. What's going on over here? Is it a problem or it's not a problem? It's not what's happening out there. It's what's happening inside of us. When the kids are screaming, when there's a mess, what does that mean? Who is that? What is that? It's me. It's my. It's it's the check engine light is saying, uh oh, and that's what's throwing me off the off off the top. And if there's one thing that the conversation, because I I but which, again thank you Ushi because uh, it's a great chizik what you do over here, you know, sending it out the word and uh, really organizing it and then Menachem that you're that you know giving over your 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 words of wisdom. Um, but it's primarily a question and answer. It's not for us to talk over because like we're saying, everyone has their own unique thing and we want to have a, a group discussion. Mike, somebody wrote a good thing. Somebody wrote on the chat a good thing. They wrote, we're not all, we're not on the, we're not all in the same boat, but, we're, but, but, but it's one storm. <laughs> it's one storm. Very good. The perfect storm, huh? So, um, so, I, 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 so, so, so again, there's this before it happens to go inside and then in the moment. Yeah, you need to have emotional regulation skills. You need to have distress tolerance skills. They're all important. And of course, like just like my van, you have to do oil changes. You got to check, you got to do check-ins. You got to check up in, in the thing. And that's really regarding your physical. It's very important that, you know, you got to, for emotional regulation, you got to sleep well, you got to eat well, you got to exercise well, you got to be careful what type of substance you take into your body. And that's, that's an important concept that we have to keep in mind. Now, I have to mention, before we go head, head it over to, to Oshi to do the question and the answers, is, and this is for me, brownie points. Um, when my wife heard the title, which I just heard just before, not so long ago, uh, she mentioned the following ideas. And of course she's right. I'm more the cerebral theoretical guy and she's in the practical. And the, the, what was the title is that when things are out of norm, 
how do you get back to normal is that you got to make the new normal. And these are some of the things that, that, that she's been doing in the house and just want to share with everyone else out there. Maybe it's going to be helpful because my wife is a behavioral therapist, not more the, uh, the social worker. So um, you got to make a new normal. So for example, uh, she has on the wall in the kitchen, a chart of different things. I've, and this is actually something that I found across the board with everyone that I'm dealing with, Bachrim, children, mothers, fathers, grandpa, whoever it is, single guys, everyone, what it came down to is, is that the, the most difficult thing was like feeling out of control. And the one thing that was the most helpful for them or that they needed was a schedule, was a structure. So we have a schedule, we have different things you have to do. Those are requirements when, you, when you're busy, when you're tough foot, then, you, then you're not dealing with so much, so much of, of, the, of the stress because you're busy, you're living your life and then you, you're going to sleep already. Um, so we made for the kids workstations, every person, my daughter helped scrub one of these outdoor things for one of the kids and, and, and one of these folding tables for my son. And everyone has their workstation. It's important that they have their place where they have a Yishabadas where they can sit down. It's important. It's something that is part of the schedule. Um, additionally, uh, a concept that I use a lot with, um, with parents for kids, but it's actually for the parents themselves. You've got to give the illusion of control as if as if things are in control even though you don't feel like it is you got to give that illusion as if everything is okay this is how it is and although you don't know what's going to happen and you might have lost your job you might lose your job you know what's happening with a loved one that someone might be ill or whatever it is you got to give that illusion of control because lamaisa i just texted this to someone else the other day i, I got it on the email and said that when things feel like they're out of control they're, they're not. It's, it's just Hashem's in control. And we, we, we're, 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 I mean, I mean, and for us, it's much easier. Um, a lot of the literature on stress is, 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 does not really that helpful. It's, 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 it's some good stuff. But as you didn't, we have, uh, we have the Rebbeinu Shalom. And additionally, smile as if it is normal. And that's a very important when the kids see that you're smiling. It's, 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 it's a very important thing. And, and you also want to experience it for yourself. And finally, go on outings. Make it into a day. So again, some of the ideas is make workstations, make a schedule, make a structure, make the illusion as if everything's okay and in control, smile as if it's normal, and go on outings and get out a little bit. Yeah, wait on lunch, for that, for the Uber Eats, for all the different, um, for all the different, uh, you know, uh, uh, the destinations of where to go lunch. And yeah, sit in the car for an hour. You know, it's, it's, it's better than, than staying at home. Um, okay. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's a lot more to speak, but I, I think the most important thing here is what everyone has to say. I think just to put in perspective, what, what me and Menachem are really saying the same thing is that everyone's experiencing in their own way. And, uh, you know, there's so much information out there, so many shiurim, so many different things. And I'm a big believer that, yeah, if you're really interested in something, go ahead and, and fish and, and look out for different things. But at the same time, figure it out what's for yourself. Figure out what exactly do you need, and you need that. That's really what I was thinking tonight in Sviris Oimer. Say, Netzach Shebet Teferis. What's Teferis? We said in Ovis, what's the Derech Yishar Shebele Odom? It should be Teferis, Lodom, Teres Loisaha. It's got to be, Teferis has got to be a balance. You know, not too much Chesed, not too much Gvura, and that's what we have in our house. You know, you got to have good and fun and whatever. But at the same time, oh, actually, very interesting. My wife is texting me as we're on the thing. She's telling me, and it's true, we have on the... Uh, on the chart also, it was, I was very impressed that she did that. It really touched my heart. She took the picture from one of these papers of all the people that had, first of all, passed away to remember them. It, it really, it, it, it changes the perspective because ultimately, yeah, we're all going through difficulties. I mean, I, I gave a, a teleconference for girls in high school uh, a few weeks ago. And, and one of the things I said is, I, I said, Hashem, come on. Uh, come on, Hashem. I, I, for real? Seriously? I, I, that too? 
I mean, we're, we're going through difficulties. At the same time, there are people that literally are in hospitals dying by themselves. It's scary. It's frightening. I mean, if you think about that, I mean, it's a pachad chadim. And just first of all, to remember them, remember the people that passed away. So she put a picture of those people. I mean, the list goes on and on. And also to daven for chaylam. Some of the other things she, she, she wrote over here, which they're, they're all interesting. Uh, we, what we did for the chart was uh, we, we made incentive, which was the Friday night. I think it's Friday night. I'm trying to remember that they had their ice cream. And they were very excited. And my son said, I, I wish it was next week already because then we could have ice cream again. So uh, making your bed, davening. If you're older, davening mincha. We have a half hour of helping uh, family time that the family has to help together in activity. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not. But it's, it's part of the structure. And as we know from parenting, one of the main skills is, is broken record. Don't get upset. Don't scream. You could scream a little bit if you're getting, if you're that type of personality type. But, but basically, just repeat again and again and say, I know, I understand, and just do it again and again and again. Brushing teeth, bedtime on time. Very important. I hear from a lot of parents that, that their kids in pajamas all day. It, that's, that's not going to work. It's, it, it can't, and, and, and you can't be in pajamas all day, maybe, you know, one day. But, but you got you to gotta get on time, go to sleep on time. And that structure really seems to be the most important thing. So, um, I guess I'll I'll head over, hand it over to to Ushi. Nachem, Rabbi Schwartzberg. I know that once you start, you have a lot to sell, and we might have to make a part. <laughs> we might have to make a part two, so you can continue. Okay. But I guess now we'll open it up to the Oilem. I got some questions, and the Oilem whoever wants to ask, could send them to Ushaparnas. Anybody want to ask? Um, Anybody who could turn on the camera feels comfortable. It makes it more interactive. It's questions. Everybody's just talking out their feelings. There's nothing to be embarrassed over here. We're, we're just all, we're all, we're all in the same storm. We're not going to say the same boat. We're going to say the same storm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the first person I'm going to, I'm going to, the lady, Mrs. White, she wants to ask a question. Let her, I guess, let, let the question be addressed to, I guess, Menachem first. And Shlomi can give his opinion. So let me just find her. Give me one second. Okay. Mrs. Weiss, are you there? Yeah. Hi, how are you? I have a little advice if anyone is interested. Please. Oh, wow. Let's do it. So, um, a lot of times the kids or even the spouse keeps on following you all day long and you just can't get rid of her or the kids, whatever it is. And sometimes they just need you to like um, make them feel you're here. So what I did was I, I made a timer for each kid I have in my calendar and my phone. It pops up ST's time with mommy or Suri's time with mommy. Um, it could be like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but you have to sit with this kid this entire time and no one could enter that room or that whatever. Um, and same with the spouse, like the kids know for this 30 minutes or whatever, no one could, you know. Um, and I try to do it like in the beginning of the day. So they feel during the day, they had their time. Beautiful. Very nice. I wanna just mention one other thing interestingly, I'm gonna jump in here. I find that, 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 that we're home more, but we have less time to do things than when we were working all day. For example, <laughs> like Durham, I, I see so many people like hard to come to the shear to this, you're sitting home all day, you should have unlimited amount of time to do stuff. But it's for some reason, I, I think our brain or I don't know, maybe, maybe you understand this better. 
It's like, there's no time for anything. And like, you have no time for your kids. And like, sometimes you look back, like, I'm going to go back to what she said, this Mrs. Weiss, of like, you really don't even spend time with your kids after the whole day. You look back and you're just busy, go, come, this and that. But there was no like, like when you come home from work, eat supper with them, I'm more miyushiv. Now I'm just like more, just finding it more difficult to make a schedule. Um, okay, shlami. I, I, I yes, I, I, I just amazing what Mrs. Weiss, what you're saying is really amazing. And it's interesting when you think about it. If I'm with my kids the whole day, why would they need that five minutes? But the truth is that by being with them the whole day is not really giving them what they need. By you setting time, five minutes, and saying this, these are your five minutes, that can make the whole difference. And that's really amazing. And I just want to add, you should have uh, a different bell that says five minutes time with mommy. And that's where self-care <laughs> comes in. And I know uh, many people, when you talk about self-care, they tune out. They're not aware of what it means. And they're not aware that they need it. And especially in these days, which is a lot of, it, it doesn't have to be real stress. You might say, I'm managing, I'm fine. Yeah, everything is working out, but there is subtle stress. There obviously things are not the norm. So every person, especially the mother or the father or the, the caregivers, they need a little bit of self-care. And you should go ask around, if you don't understand this concept of self-care, you could ask around a little bit what it means. But self-care is really when you become aware of what it is that you need. Let's say you give yourself five minutes. What would you do in those five minutes? And do it. And your kids know they get their five minutes and you get your five minutes, which makes a lot. It makes, you might say five minutes. I need a few hours after all of what I do every day. But even a few minutes makes a, a real big difference. Wow, that, that's so many, so many good ideas. I got I to gotta address each one of those three. Uh, so Mrs. Weiss, first of all, I mean, kudos to you that, that you're even thinking like that. I mean, that, that you know, yeah, as I'm following, you know what I'm saying? Meaning, we know a lot, we, a lot of people know about that, that type of concept, but the fact that you're actually doing, you know, it says, and it says that a person is, is, is his, his brain is so far from his heart, from, from thinking to doing is just such a hushabit thing to the fact that you could actually set aside the time to do that at the same time, I want to tell everyone else who doesn't do that, don't worry, because I understand certain houses, if you leave for two minutes, I go to the bathroom. It's like, can't I go to the bathroom for one minute? Can't I go to the bathroom for one minute? It has to be so crazy. I can't go to the bathroom. So, you know, uh, everyone else don't feel, uh, you know, bad that, that you can't do that. And some people don't have any kids. It's, it, everyone is experiencing it in their own way. Um, but definitely that's important because what Mrs. Weiss said, we know that one-on-one -on -one attention and husbands should know this for wives and wives have, have to know this for husbands too, is that when you, I used to tell this to, to parents all the time when dealing with younger kids, I go, when I come home, this was when the kids were younger and it was a little bit uh, less rambunctious. I get down on my knee and I look at my daughter in the eye and I say, hey, how are you? It's very different than, than just doing regular talking. When you're getting eye to eye contact. And when I do this with couples, they're like, they start freezing. They're like a deer in headlights. Are you serious? I have to look at him. Oh, I, I don't remember the last time I looked at them. So definitely doing five minutes of, of, of uh, straight to straight time is definitely a huge, huge thing. Now, regarding what Ushi said, um, one of the things that I, I said that the, I thought the primary emotion most people were feeling in this in, in coronavirus was overwhelmed. 
I was asking people, I go, what, am, what are you feeling in this situation? People couldn't figure it out. I said, because you know what I think? It, I think it's overwhelmed. I think there's so many emotions. We don't even know what we're experiencing. It's just overwhelmed. So like Ushi said, like you could be home all day and, and you, didn't, you have less time than you usually have because you're just so overwhelmed, so maxed out. The whole system is fried and you can't even do the things you would normally do because it's just, it's just bahala. And, and, and you can't really do what you even want to do, even what you could do when you're busy at work. Now you, you're doing less than, than what you can do. Now, with regards to what Menachem said, classic Menachem, I, I, I knew something like that was, was going to happen uh, uh, with the self-care. Self-care is a very interesting concept, uh, to put it out there. Uh, we all know that regards to that. You can't really help someone else if you're not helping yourself. And you really have to be connected to yourself. Now, what does self-care mean? It's a really, it's a deep thing. It's, 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 it could be a very practical thing, like the way Menachem, I think, says it's like, what do you want to do? You want to go get ice cream? Like, what do you want to do? You want to, you want to give yourself something that you enjoy. But for people that are deeper, sometimes you want to do things that are, that are more meaningful for yourself. Some people talk to themselves. It's, it's something experiencing yourself. If like that mother told me, she said, I feed everyone else, but no one feeds me. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. Let's move. The questions are coming in. Everybody wants to get be part of it. Everybody's just Jumping in over here, guys. We like it to be interactive. Anybody has questions? Yeah. I'm on now. Mr. Shapsi uh, Sorcher wants to ask, uh, and uh, let's see what he has to say. You have to unmute yourself. There you go. Okay. okay. Hi. Hi. So, uh, um, so my question is much, very much related to what you're discussing now. So, I mean, in, in general, I could struggle with, with like time management and getting things done. Um, but the right now, like there's so much that has to be done. You, you know, you have so many chayim that you feel like you really should be diving very stark for. And you have your star, you should be learning, you should be taking care of your kids. You have your um, work thing, you have your self-care. And I think the biggest struggle is to have, you know, and then you mentioned before, you make yourself a, a schedule. So... It seems to me like you're a very, um, Mr. Schwarzenegger, you're like a very scheduled person, very systematic person. I see like you on the Daf Yemi. I, I, could, I could imagine that your whole life just works, you know, seamlessly from one thing to the other thing. But, you know, even just making a schedule is, is an avayda of a half hour, 10 hour. And then, and then things don't work with the schedule because when you're dealing with the whole family home, then your schedule gets thrown off. So you make a schedule and then what does the schedule help you? The Icar really, what could be a reasonable expectation to be able to accomplish in the day that you could come out of the day saying, I did my Vaidha today, and I don't feel like I'm just sitting here, just moving from thing to thing without really getting anything done. You're asking in a Ruchnistika sense or in a general mental health sense? I'm just curious. It, it's so, I mean, they're, they're intertwined because, because, I mean, ultimately, you know, you're a person who's a firm year, their, their mental health, you know, you, you don't feel good about yourself unless you feel you did the right thing Rukhniyas-wise, and, and you didn't do the right thing Rukhniyas-wise if you didn't uh, do the right thing for yourself and your family when it comes to social and, and emotional health and mental yeah. health. Menachem, maybe you can go first, and then Shlomo will answer second, if that's okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I just want to say, first of all, you're bringing up a very good topic, and uh, I just want to mention it that we all have to realize that we want to go back to routine. We love routine, but it might not be possible. And it's not possible. It's just not possible to get back to routine. And we have to be aware of that piece because we're used to our regular routine and that's what hopefully makes us happy. 
And today, in these days, obviously things look different. And at the end of the day, you're, you might not be so happy with what's going on because this is not what you're expecting. Your expectations are whatever it was a few weeks ago, a few months ago. So you might go to sleep thinking to yourself, I hope this ends, I don't know, I can't continue. So there's a lot of negative self-talk and like you're saying, the emotional part is not intact. So the, the step number one is to be aware that we, can, we, we are not in a stable emotional place where we could have everything the way we want. Now, slowly, let's figure out where am I? What do I need? What does my spouse need? What do my kids need? If you are doing even basic things, at the end of the day, you have to be able to do a little bit of self-talk and be able to tell yourself that this is what Hashem wants for me today. And you go to sleep with the same feeling as if you learned in Koilo for eight hours, if that's what you did before Pesach. If you learned in Koilo eight hours, there was Laman Hashem, because that's what Hashem wants, which can be hard now to say, is this what Hashem wants? And obviously, yes. Hashem wants you to figure out what works, how should I make a little bit of a structure? I cannot expect everything I did till today because it's not possible. And that's being very hard on yourself. And if somebody expects to do everything he did the same, same uh, the routine of learning and the kids should do everything, it, it, it's not going to work. And at the end of the day, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You have to be, you have to face reality, see we're in a different, different situation in this storm. What can I do? What do the people around me that need me, what do they need? This is what I will do. If I can put a little bit of a list of things that I need for myself, I'll have a few minutes of learning, I'll have a few minutes of whatever you could put in. But at the end of the day, you have to realize this is what I can do. And this is what I'm doing. And this is what Hashem wants. And I go to sleep via mensch. And what I'm saying now is not easy for a lot of people because that little voice comes at night and says, give me a break. You could have done a little bit more. You know that. If you would have figured things out, maybe you would have made a little bit more routine. You would have been able to learn a little bit more. When that voice comes to you, I'll let you figure out if that's the Eight Sahara or the Eight Sahara. Now, again, if somebody sits at home, does nothing, and he's not helping anybody and his feet up, he might need some help, which he also has to be aware of. He can't run away from that. It could be he could do more. But facing reality, what can I do? I'm doing it, and this is what Hashem wants of me today. And you might have to fight a little bit that inner voice, which is negative, and keep on talking the positive and I think it's very important for a lot of people who at the end of the day, they think, what did I do today? And they can't give themselves that little, uh, they should realize, what do you mean what I did today? Start making a list. Took care of my kids, took care of my spouse, took care of this, took care of that. Things are pretty calm. Okay, that's, what, that, that's your advice in today's days. Rabbi Schwartzberg. Yeah, so uh, I think Rabbi Sorcerer, you went like right into the perfect storm like we were saying before about that question that was head on in, in regards to like depending on the person that you are um i'll just mention what menachem said regarding what does rabbi shalom want from you when does he want you to say i did but let go a little bit is that this is the classic 
you know, dialectic between Hishtadlis and Betachem, in the sense of that at times we have to do all that we can do, but we don't control our destiny. We, th- th- that I heard this by Rabbi Marcus's uh, Levaya, that we had the Zoom Levaya, and, and one of the sons said that, that, I don't control anything. I don't control how much money I'm going to make. I don't control how well I'm going to learn. I don't control anything. I don't control my kids. I barely control myself. So everything is going to be the way it's going to be. I have to put in my Ishtadlis. There's a famous story with a, a guy, uh, Ernst, a guy who was, he was an Oyvid. And he used to, like, when he came time to Hadlokas Neres by Hanukkah, he would go in the mikvah. He would say, he would say all the Mizmoyim and Tehillim. And Mamish, he would be a Rangaton. He would get the Oyvid, the Lamed Vav Neres. He gets married and he has a few kids. And it comes time for the Hadlokas Neres and he knows what enough void it is. And he comes in. One kid is fighting. One kid, the mother's screaming at the kid and he's saying that the menorah falls over. And he's like, what? What is this? He goes to his Rashiva crying. He says, well, this is it? What am I supposed to do? And the Rashiva said, who knows if what the Rabbi wants from you is not to get upset. You think that void is. Oh, the Menaira, the Iris, and the Rub spoke, and he said, uh, This is Avoid the Gadoilahi, and you could barely not lose your temper. Maybe that's your Avoid. So that's like what Menachem is saying. At the same time, Rabbi Sorsha, what I would say is, Ain Hochanami. It depends on the person. Like you said, that you think some people, they make a schedule and they go and they follow through, and everything, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11, 12, noon, 1 o'clock, everything, mamish clicking like talkwork and other people's mamish is a fleet, a guide. You can't even know what's coming, what's going. So I'll tell you one thing that for me that I share with a lot of people that it seems to help them a lot. I'm a big believer in values, which is, is that am I living my value? If I'm living my value, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I know I'm doing what my objective is. Is this what I want to be doing? Are my kids my most important thing? Is my wife my most important thing? Is my learning my most important thing? Then I will live that value. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I'm living my value. As long as I know I'm living, I know that no matter what happens, I am living what I feel is important. Because if I don't have a value, then I'm totally dependent on what's happening in reality. And and that's crazy because the world's crazy now. But if I'm living my value, then I'm happy because I know I'm doing what I feel like. I should be doing it, even if it doesn't work out. That's my objective. I'm trying to parent my kids. And my daughter's speaking back to me. And my son is jumping off the roof. And everything and it's not, it doesn't make a difference. I'm living my value. And as Yidin, we know, it's a big, big cloud for us that when we are value, it's like, okay, I'm doing my thing. That's my avoidance. It's not about the results. Okay, let me go to the next question over here. Somebody wrote over here a little earlier. I'm going to read it. Going a little bit on the, on the left field. Somebody says, please ask, how an older person deals with loneliness of isolation when she is a widow and he has, she has no one to spend time with and cannot see the children and grandchildren who give her so much joy? Great question. Shlomi, you want to go first? Oh, to go first? I'll let you take this one first. Okay. So it's uh, something very interesting. I, I, I said this over to the girls in the high school that I said that, how do you know when you're dating? That I say I coach a lot of guys by dating time. I said, how do you know she's the one? How do you know? Good girl, nice family. 
what do I know about girls? I hear this all the time from girls. I don't know anything about them. How do I know she's the one? So I'll tell you what my mother told me. I can't say it's the word of God. This is what my mother told me when I was dating. She said, if you're sitting in the car, you're on your way back from a, from a three-hour lounge, whatever it is, you went out to eat, and you, maybe you parked in the driveway or maybe you're just driving on the FDR. I mean, that's if you're not dating a legal girl. And it's, or maybe you are. And it's quiet. And not only is it not, like my daughter says, awkward silence, but it actually is deliciously pleasurable. She's the one. She's the one. That's the one. And like, 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 like Rebel Islamowitz knows, it's the first time you're in Sikh I don't have to say anything more. It's inside. You can't say, you can't express what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But the point is, is that What's the difference between loneliness and solitude? Anyone knows anything about mindfulness, about meditation? You're by yourself. What's the difference between loneliness and being alone? In the question, is already the answer. It really depends on the person because what it when solitary confinement is the most it, it, it's well known that that's the biggest punishment the person could have when you're forcibly alone. So, again, this this might not be so practical for many people. I just wanted to put it out there because important concept. Some people love being alone. You get to experience yourself. You get to be by who you are. That's, that's just putting it out there in case other people just want to think about that idea. But let's, let's talk in a practical way. Menachem, you want to say the practical? I mean, there's, there's more to say. I just wanted to put out that theoretical idea about what's in between being, being lonely and being alone. Being alone doesn't mean that you're, uh, that you're lonely. Uh, that, that's when you feel like that you're being separated. I'm not saying it's not a challenge, but that's solitude. People, people want, they go by themselves. They want to experience themselves. And it's an opportunity to go inside when you can't go outside. Um, but if let's what you're saying about mindfulness and meditation, I would say um, a lot of people are not even um, I don't know where where in the world does this come in, and I would say it's a a lot of work, and hopefully, Mitzvah Shem, maybe it's not the right time to start now with mindfulness and meditation. Maybe uh, eventually uh, we'll we'll give a class on mindfulness and meditation. But for practical of if somebody has somebody, um, an older pe- person that they're all alone, well, this is one of the things that uh, we, we have to realize. You know, those who call, those who call um, the parents every day, Matoy Manoim and and the Einikluk and they talk, which is beautiful, but not everybody does it. And this is a time to think about it. We're all at home, all by ourselves, and we should think about other people, especially close to us, grandparents who need a phone call, or if it's a Zoom, if they have it, any connection which makes a difference. Obviously, you can't do everything, and uh, you might not be able to go visit, but there are practical things that you could do. And it's not only older people, it could be your next-door neighbor, which is not so much involved with this, all the social groups and being on the Zoom and information he doesn't know. All he knows is that they said you have to be quarantined, and he's listening. And he's still sitting there. You don't even know, you know, if your neighbor came out, maybe you should knock on his door and say, listen, we got some porch mini on them. We got some food. We got some, let them know. So it's good to think about, um, especially the elders. And there might be others that they don't have the social 
um, interaction like we have, and maybe we should reach out to those people. Okay, I want to go a little quicker now because there's more things happening, and uh, you know people do want to go to sleep, and we're gonna start dropping on, on on attendance soon. So let's just try to get another 10, 15 minutes in. We're gonna we're gonna soup it up a little bit. Um, I want to first bring up a girl. Somebody keeps on asking a question, and let's answer that, and then we'll go into. We have another therapist on the line tonight, a big therapist. Mordechai Weiss is on tonight. We're gonna get in one specific question with him that was gonna throw everybody off on a tangent. But before we do that, uh, I'm gonna ask for somebody else. Can you please ask, talk about how to do college work when you don't have headspace because of Corona, and I'm not at all motivated because I'm in the house the whole day besides for walking in the morning. Simple question. Basically, a young girl in college, that motivation, that drive. I think it goes back a little bit to the question I asked before, but I'm just asking for her. You're home all day. You should have all the time in the world. I should be fixing my house, painting, finishing college, and getting my bachelor's, my master's. But at the end of the day, I, I, I can't do my work. Uh, Menachem. In short. Well, so again, just being aware of we're all in this situation together and it's, it's not easy, especially if you're in college. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad because I know there's a lot of work there and you need your time. And if you only have 10 or 15 minutes a day, it's not going to do it. So there might be a little bit of perfectionism in there, um, which after you're aware of what you're going through and if I don't know what's going on in your house, if you're capable of having your space to, to be able to uh, concentrate. After you become aware of what's going on, you don't have to do everything and it doesn't have to be the way like it was, like I said before. Don't expect to do it the same way as you did it before. There will be changes and that's where time management comes in. Try to figure out what are two or three things that you could do? Or do only 20 minutes now. It's like, I need three hours. So if I need three hours and I don't have it, I'm doing nothing. But it's wrong to think that way. You think to yourself, I have a few minutes now. If you have your list of the things you have to do, take two and do them. Do slow little pieces at a time. And eventually it will get you into a state of doing more. But to expect to start, I need three hours, I need total quiet, and I don't have that, that might not work. So again, try to find small things that could work and that might take you into that state that you'll continue. You'll be surprised. You're sitting there for an hour and a half and things are working out. So I have to say, I actually had someone just like this. Actually, just texted me today. Um, he's been, he had been four months. He's been doing, he first was enrolled in the regular university and then that wasn't working out and he was on online college for four months. He didn't do any work. He had a paper that he just couldn't write. He just texted me earlier today that he did the papers also scheduled exam for English, taking it now. So what helped in his case, it was actually very similar to what Menachem said, just to point that out. Um, perfectionism plays a role. Um, time management plays a role. And by him, it was literally saying, okay, we're going to do this for 20 minutes now, no matter what it looks like, whatever it's going to be, we're going to do it. And that's, and, and that never helped him do it. And then they ran out of ideas. I said, okay, now do, do devil's advocate. Say what was wrong with what you were saying. Just to get more ideas, sharing with some people to help. It was a, it was, a, it was really a hodgepodge of different, uh, different strategies, but yeah, you really have to do what it takes to get yourself to get in there. If you're ADHD, executive functioning, it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, if you're overwhelmed, it's going to be very difficult. If you're depressed, it's going to be difficult. You have to address the underlying issues, um, and that's going to help you get to do what you got to do. 
Okay, I'm gonna put on one lady, she has a question. Um, we're gonna not, not give her name, but she's gonna go ask. Go ahead. Okay, you know, so I just wonder if you had any suggestions um, for how to communicate effectively and professionally with bosses who don't understand um, what it's like to juggle uh, childcare and work responsibilities. They may not be aware of it when work is normal because you've got babysitting arrangements or whatever at home, but right now things are just totally off. <laughs> Great question. Great question. Bosses. Oh my, how many I've dealt my own with bosses and how many times I've dealt with people with bosses. It's, uh, it's like they, they, if they only knew, you know, uh, what, 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 what the headspace they're taking up in, in other people's lives. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, obviously a person always has to make a decision and I've heard this from many professionals. Um, are you willing to stay in this, in this work environment? I mean, you got to make a decision if you're in or if you're out. Because if you're if you're not really sure, you, you know, like they say in Yiddish, then it's really it's really the worst of both worlds. So you make a decision. Either say I'm out, I'm not willing to take this type of of of. But if it's not like that, and it didn't sound like that's the question, so I'm in. So the question is, so what do we do now? So really, I mean, from a DBT perspective, really uh, interpersonal effectiveness, I think, is the most important thing over here. And there's a skill called dear man, but basically you describe the history, the facts, no emotion at first. You describe the whole background. You express your feelings, your opinion, not you, just about me. And then you assert, you tell them what it is that you want. Because many times we, we, we're passive, we're passive aggressive. We're not really saying what it is that we want. Come out and say what you want. Reinforce, have a reason why they should say yes, because I don't care. If you're, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, low salary, I could get another worker or you need the Parnassa and they know they have leverage. Um, so you have to be able to use a, a skill-based approach of how to express in the, in the most ideal way, a broken record, that's being mindful and appearing confident and being willing to Menachem, are you there? Yeah. I think he got frozen. You continue the question. Okay, we'll wait, we'll wait till he comes back. Um, but meanwhile, um, I would ask you what, pretty much you said open communication. What, would, what was what the boss saying? What does he claim? Uh, well, I think that is just uh, overall, um, you know, a lot of times, for sure, I mean, in my cases of from women, like I can hide a lot of what actually goes on at home from my boss, um, you know, because I take care of everything behind the scenes. There's no reason I need to be aware of it. But right now, it just becomes a lot more challenging because um, now there are limitations that come up. You know, there are, there are conflicts or childcare conflicts or times that I may not be available for meetings or whatever it is that they're asking for. So in a way that's professional, but respectful, like how to communicate that to the boss in charge who, who wants you to be there at a meeting at one o'clock or at two o'clock or whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and sort of you're kind of forced to introduce more personal factors that you don't want to do it. You don't want to cross the line, I guess. Right. So like uh, what uh, Rabbi Schwartz was saying, you basically you have to figure out what you could do, what you can't, what works, what doesn't, and then be able to give it over without an emotional way. It's not like um, nothing personal over here and very clearly tell them this is what I could do and that's all I can do. I, I would like to do my best, but I can't do more than this. And you'll see what he says. What I would say is you can do a little bit of, um, before you go in to talk to him, you okay. can uh, imagine you're doing it and see what are your reactions. Because sometimes you become emotionally involved and, and then it becomes like between you, you don't understand, you do understand, 
But you go inside, you have it clear, you thought about it, and you figure what works for you, what doesn't, and you can't do more than that. And you tell them very clearly, like you said, open communication. You put it on the table, you tell them very clear, and whatever they say, they say, listen, I need more, but I can't. Okay, if they, if they want to send you, if they want to, they say we're taking somebody else, what could you do? There's only a certain amount that you can do. So in a healthy way, go, being aware of what you could do and giving it over in that way. I'm going to jump on now to more. Um, I don't know who's phone it is. Your phone? Yeah, thank you. I just want to make sure you're here. Okay, I just want to ask Mordecai. I'm here. That's okay with uh, Mr. Bern Rabbi Bernfeld. Yeah, so before, before you start, yeah. you have to understand there's very, some families, the structure at home, the kids go to sleep at 12 o'clock. So there are kids on the line, and now you can take the mic. <laughs> My question to Rabbi Weiss is as follows. Rabbi Weiss is, a, is first of all, an OCD specialist, and he deals with a lot of addictions uh, type matters. My question is, I feel personally, you know, kids have a lot more access to things that normally they wouldn't have access to. Uh, adults as well. People are using more Zoom. People are using more internet. And as we know, all the dangers that come along with that. As being parents, how do we deal with that? That kids do need to go on the computer. They do need the time to, you know, search things. Any time to talk to their friends. You know, we're doing, you know, all the things that we could do, but you know, there's a big concern over there. I'm just, you know, people are people are talking about this, and I see people on the chat also texting me. Uh, Doctor Weiss, let me hear your opinion on this matter. So first of all, thank you, Oshi, uh, for the important question, and thank you for hosting this wonderful forum. Um, that's an excellent question, and I obviously do want to throw out there that um, this is nobody, including myself, giving a hexer on the internet or any type of technology. Everybody should ask their own of uh, what works for them, but obviously, or I'm assuming most people who are on tonight are using the internet, or at least a lot of you. So for those who have that hexer and those who have that permission, uh, we're addressing the question to them, for those who are able to hold out and follow <coughs> guidance that they don't need the internet and they don't want their kids to have it, then kalakavo to them. So what do we do to help our children and keep an eye on them? That's a very good question. And I think the answers are kind of obvious. People know them. There's a lot of awareness about them. So filtering is something that should be a non-negotiable when it comes to our children, when it comes to our teenagers. Even if we have good kids, everybody knows the pitfalls of the internet are just accessible. Um, that's one of the most uh, formidable challenges that the internet poses is accessibility, which means it's just there. So it's a situation that Chazal called So therefore we have to take the reins in that situation and create what's called a gather, put up some type of fence so that we block off some of that accessibility. So filtering is the number one option for that. Accountability. So whether that's accountability software, whether that's parents getting that accountability from their children, know what's going on. So even if you give them devices, try to be attuned, try to figure out what they're doing, how they're doing it, speak to them about it. Uh, that's another great way of uh, keeping some type of gather, as I'm referring to it, some type of uh, you know, blockage to that consistent or that just uh, accessibility with the internet. And a third point I would mention is, is that limit, limit the time. So even though, yes, we're all using technology, our kids want to use Zoom, they need to connect, 
and uh, we maybe need to give them some downtime with technology. Giving a time limit to it is another invaluable way to put, uh, to limit that accessibility. If kids know they have a certain amount of time, they're likely to use it for what they want to use it for. And they're also less likely to just have this unlimited amount of time to keep on, you know, going from thing to thing, from thing to thing. People develop a problem when they have too much time with technology. You know, the calls come into the therapist at the point that the parent says, my child is spending, I just got a call. Actually, I was late to the Zoom meeting tonight because I was speaking to a parent who told me that their child is spending most of the day on the internet. And then she added afterwards and most of the night. So we, we want to avoid getting that type of phone call because at that point, the challenge of helping somebody who is what we refer to so addicted is, is, extremely for, is an extremely formidable challenge and therefore limit the time. That's, I guess, the third piece of advice I would give is everybody could determine for themselves what that needs to be, depending on the child's age, depending on your unique family circumstances. But that would be the third thing. So to kind of sum up, I mentioned filtration accountability and time limitation, all of that does, uh, all of that targets the main challenge that we have with technology today, which is accessibility. That's what causes the pitfall of just falling in and not knowing how to climb out. So those three things hopefully should be some sound advice and uh, hopefully that is helpful to people. I want to ask you one last thing and then let's move on. Um, another thing that people have, have always said to me and um, is that if you're going to let kids use, whether it's a device or a computer, put it in the kitchen, put it in the most accessible place where wherever they are, everybody knows it. It becomes like a dover that's, you know, you know, when you put it in your office or in your bedroom or your, or your kid can take it to their room, you're opening up a much more good arm versus being open with it. This is the kitchen. This is your hour. And that's that. I'm just, I just wanted to bring that up. If you, you heard that before. That's a great idea. I guess that would fit the category of accountability. The second, the second area that I mentioned, so there's some accountability to what the child is doing because people can walk in and see them. Again, I don't want to say across the board that that needs to be, especially if a child wants to speak to their friend on Zoom and they don't want, you know, five children jumping on their lap. So that's an individual kind of question, but that certainly could be a good piece of advice uh, to have it out in the open when appropriate. Very nice. Beautiful. Thank you very much. I just want to mention before we go to the next question um, that we have the recordings, whoever would like from last, before Pesach, the session with Mordecai Weinberger and Amir Tashem, tonight's session will have the recording. Whoever would like to have and uh, watch the recording should um, put in their email address in the chat. You can send it to Asher Parnas and Amir Tashem will send you um, all the recordings from the sessions in Mitzvah Shem. I want to mention one other thing, and then let's maybe end with this. I want to thank all, thank Mordechai Weiss, Reverend Bernfeld, Reverend Schwartzberg, and this, maybe we could just hash this around a little bit. Let's just end with this. Um, one personal thing that um, I find with myself and people, you know, tell me a lot about is that, and, you know, when this all started in the beginning, we all were getting like, nervous about it, but in a certain sense, it was new, it was fresh, it was exciting, it was our Pesach, we're going shopping, we're wearing masks, they're running out of food, it's cute. It was like more of a game and became more of like a geschmack, you know, it was like enjoyable in a certain sense. And we looked at it as a big Pesach vacation. We're going to go have a great time and it's going to be instead of a, you know, a week and a half, Pesach's going to be a month. I find with myself, I'm going to talk to myself instead of using other people, that after Pesach ended, and I said this even by one of the Mordechai Weinberger's things before Pesach, it's going to be crash and burn. 
And I feel that more stronger. And I, I see that from my friends and neighbors and family that as Pesach ended, it's this reality started setting in. Oh, this is not going away. This is not a Pesach thing. I'm going back to work and all the kids are going back to school. You know, besides, obviously, we don't know when things go back. Not that, that's so exciting. But things are going back to norm, but nothing's normal. Right? That's why we're here tonight. And, you know, the whole talk of Mashiach and he's coming by the Seder, the Sri Pesach <laughs> went like this. And the depression and the anxiety grew. And I see people coming more and more, you know, more and more secluded. And I guess it's a general question, spiritually, mentally, everything. How does a person take the matzah? Well, let's all be on the table here. Everybody financially is suffering. And if somebody's in, in a, one of those weird businesses, they're making money now, they, they, they yoyt them in a club. But most people on this chat and across the board, board are either getting cut off from their work, unemployed, sales are down, therapists that have less clients, everybody, everybody is being crushed. And that's okay. That's, that's part of the tukufa. So let's be honest with that. But how do we deal with that in a positive, with, with a good mindset, spiritually, mentally, and everything? And maybe you guys can break it up uh, by category. Uh, whoever wants to go first. I know it's a loaded question, but let's just end off with that. Who volunteers okay. first? Come on. I'll start. Okay. Everyone has a different response, or whatever it is, the stress, or whatever is going on. It could be the, the fight, flight, and freeze mode. Everybody uh, has a different response, and many people in the beginning, it hit them much more. Other people, it didn't hit them yet. Some people, it hit them after Pesach. Um, what you're saying, it, uh, coming after Pesach, it's really hitting the facing reality can be very hard for many people. Because in the beginning, you think, okay, let's see, what are we going to do? We try to play a game, play, play around it. And hopefully it's not going to last. And for some reason, every day you wake up, it's the same situation. It's not going away. And then, then comes the time of there's nowhere to run, nowhere to escape. You basically have to face reality. And some people might have to sit down and figure out, again, what am I going to do in this situation? Because till now, they were more in the fight or flight, uh, keeping them busy, going back and forth, excited, whatever. They were able to maneuver in the situation, but they did not face reality. And now it hits them more. So when this happens, so first of all, like we discussed, when you're, you have to become aware that it's, it might hurt. It's hard. Like we said before, we don't want this. We really don't. We want to get back to normal, back to routine. So it, when, when we face reality, it hits. And um, I think we can use the same thing that we use by, by by grief, they use the, the dabda. The first piece is denial, is uh, the A is um, anger and betrayal, um, uh, then there's, um, depression, and then acceptance. There's a whole mahalach to get to the bottom piece of that A of acceptance. This is what it is. This is where it is now. We don't know how long it's going to be. And now, what do I have to do in this situation? How can I work things out? And again, this, this uh, cycle of that that goes back and forth, even though you think you're up to a, a massive of acceptance, you might find yourself the next day again, we have to get back to normal, this is crazy, I can't. And then you're, you have to start again the whole process. And acceptance in this situation is also very hard. We discussed acceptance the other night, and it's hard. Do we really have to accept what's going on? And a lot of people feel a little bit guilty because in the beginning, 
it, it hurt them more. They were more, they were probably saying till them and, and it, they were really, it, it was it was a Shrek what's going on. And now after Pesach, you hear this story, you hear that story, and it doesn't hit you as much. Pretty much the acceptance in the negative way. So they think they're going to feel guilty. But that's pretty much human nature that that's going to happen. And for that, you might have to take like what Mordechai Weiss shared the other night, take a few minutes to think about what's going on. Like you have to think about the carbon. And so you don't become immune to what's going on. But on the other hand, you need to balance. You need to accept what's going on so that you can go on in life. You can't freeze now for who knows how long because this is not the way you want it to be. So that's basically my piece. I'm going to ask, uh, ask uh, Rav Mordechai Weiss to give me a little uh, thing and then I'll go to Shlomo Schwarzenegger. Again, Rav Mordechai Weiss, the general question I'm asking is... Now that we're coming after Pesach and we're facing the reality that we're not in for, for, for a short, uh, you know, extended Pesach vacation, we're in this for a longer term situation and that we're going to have to deal with some of the finances. We're going to have to deal with the kids being home. Maybe at least now it looks like pretty much at the end of the year, summer, who knows what's going to be. Um, the whole spiritual thing, I mean, we're not going to be back for quite a while. What is our, whether you want to go on the spiritual route or the therapeutic route, what is the positive mindset to say, okay, this is what it is, and how we're going to grow from it? That's a very, very loaded question, Oshi. And uh, I appreciate everything that was said until tonight. And I think that's the general form of this discussion. How do we deal you with this reality? Seconds. I'm sorry? <laughs> said you have 30 seconds to answer. 30 seconds. Okay, I want to say one thing that came to mind when I think Rabbi Sorsha raised the question about for somebody who struggles with setting a schedule, so Shlemy Schwartzberg put it out there that, you know, if you schedule your day, then that's, that's a, a, a key to success. And I agree with that. But for those who struggle, I think that Chazal given Eitla, and that's what they call, and if you look in Rashi over there, it's a Gemara and Shabbos, Rashi says that the reason for that is because if a person, if somebody doesn't do that, then what will happen is, is that he may, I'm getting an echo. Are people hearing One me? One second. You hear me now? So, so, so Rashi says, What that means is, is that the world in general, even before coronavirus, is very full and very people's schedules are overwhelming. Which means if a person doesn't set aside, set aside time for Torah study, for Gvei what's going to happen is life will take over. That's what Rashi says. So what's the solution for that? We know we all had to see him a shas recently, so we, everyone's very into that, and that's a wonderful thing. But that's the solution. If you make a set time, and that time is then basically you can assure that at least you'll have some time for your priorities, some time for yourself. So the world is crazy right now, Ushi. I know I'm over my 30 seconds, so I'm summing up here. Life will be crazy. The world is crazy. You know, this is uh, unprecedented, as we're all saying. But here's a slight solution. Make a specific amount of time, a set time, to do the things that are important to you. If you have to get up early in the morning, you have to go to sleep late at night. People who need to be great military do that all the time. You make a set time. So if you need some set time for yourself to breathe, to exercise, to do whatever you need to do to stay healthy, but, but uh, the idea that I'm suggesting is make it a very fixed set time that you know is practical, that you can find the time to do that. Because otherwise, without that, 
then we're just in this one big quagmire of a mess and just one big, you know, no day, no night. And, and then you can have this feeling of like, what am I doing? Nothing's coming, nothing's going. But with a set time set aside for those things that are priority in our lives, and at least we know every day we covered those things that are our priorities. Beautiful, very nice, really nice. Shlomi, do you need me to repeat that question? No, I got it. I'm with you, Oshie. Okay. I, I do this for a living. I got to remember what people say. So um, it's, actually, it's actually funny. When you said the question, you know what it reminded me of? Getting married. Whoa. When you, <laughs> when you get married, there's what's called the honeymoon period, which is it's fun, it's games, whatever. It's exciting. Everyone's wishing miles of Hey, you've seen come, hey, Mechassan, whatever. Kala, no one gets upset when they're Chassan Kala, the most gracious people on the planet. And suddenly, a few months in, hmm, this is not, why, what, I didn't expect, what's going on over here? And then it's what happens after that. And I, I remember one of my supervisors, when they, we had this very interesting group we were part of, she said that there's four stages for groups. And, and she said it's really in life too. It's called forming, storming, norming, and performing. And I love this ending of this whole Zoom thing because it's how we started about what the group was about, about what, how, and things are not normal, how to, how to get back to norm. The one thing I think that's important is called resilience, which is that this is exactly how life is. It's so fascinating how almost all things, it starts off exciting. And this is really what everyone talks about in Sina all the talks, everyone talks about Pesach is no bomb, wow, fireworks. And suddenly we're in the desert, we're just we're complaining about water, we, we're struggling. And then you get the Tyra. It's first, you're forming, then you get the storming, and then you get the norming, and then you get performing. What happens is, is you got to have resilience. You have to have grit. You have to be able to bite the, 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 the bullet. You have to be able to live the life that Hashem gives to you. That's, that, that's my piece. I'm basically validating the question. There's no good one-cut answer. Everyone has their own unique struggle, like Menachem pointed out. Everyone has their own. Some people before Pesach, after Pesach, some people still didn't hit them. Some people hit them right away. You got to have resilience. You got to be able to go and figure out what are your strengths, what's going to help you, like Menachem said about self-care, and that's going to help you get to normal. This is how life is. This is how marriage is. And that way some people jump out of marriage because they don't have resilience. Not all the time, I'm not generalizing, but that's one of the things. So, very good. Beautiful. Okay. Ask Nachim or give a little bracha and let's end. And hopefully next week, Sunday, we'll have either Shlemy, somebody else, whatever. No pressure, Shlemy. Give a bracha for the oil. I want to thank everyone. World's market share. I'll give a bracha first. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight and especially those who helped this ha make this happen and for Shloimi Schwartzberg for being here tonight. And Mitzvah, I think we're going to have to make a part two because there's so much um, that you have to sell. And again, each and every one of us should um, take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. And Mitzvah, Hashem should give us all koyach and bichoyin and das, whatever we need. And we should be able to take, even though it's small things, those small things that gives us the chizik to continue in this situation and uh, all those, all the chalim that need a refua. And uh, hopefully we'll see Yeshua be and we should be zoicha to real geula, which we're all talking and waiting. And we're not sure how exactly what it means, but we basically are waiting for Mashiach to Canaan. Amen. Uh, Amen. So I have to point out, someone just uh, private messaged me. He said a call from the, uh, to Winston Churchill. Yes, he's in Luchman. 
to go from failure to failure with enthusiasm. I think that's beautiful. I think all the great minds, Thomas Edison, all the great ones, Rav Noah Weinberg was the biggest loser of Rosh Hashiva. He was the biggest loser. How many yeshivas failed by Rav Weinberg? Seven, eight yeshivas. As a Rosh Hashiva, he's the biggest failure. And guess what? Eshat Torah, no one competes with, with Eshat Torah, the biggest of the big. So yes, go from failure to failure with enthusiasm. Uh, what, what I, what I want to say is something actually just slipped my mind when I said that quote. I'm trying to remember actually what I wanted to end off with. Now, now it's now now it's just left a month away. Because I got I got excited about that. Tell me again what you, you want to see a bracha. I can't remember anymore. See, I said that quote must have been Bashar. Um Oh yeah, now I remember. Rebbe Zahava Bronstein. I remember once hearing from her. She said when she when she was giving a class, she said, "Who comes to the car wash? Not an old jalopy, uh, rickety, bashed up car." The nice, beautiful cars. Actually, my wife gave that idea for people to, to as an outing. Don't don't start clogging up all the car washes, but it's it's very cheap outdoor activity to take the kids to the car wash. But generally, who takes? Usually, a nice car. Uh, my son knows cars better than me, so I'm not going to even try. But a nice car goes through, and that so that's the same thing. My bracha to everyone over here is so whoever came on this Zoom is obviously someone who cares enough about how to be able to maximize your life, and that means to say you care. And if you care. Because you actually put in that little ounce of prevention, Rabbi should give you a pound of, 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 of and more and shefa bracha ta'atzlacha with yourself, with your kindlach, with your job, with, with your ruchnias, everything you should have. Everyone should have a, a good kibbenshia. And Mashiach should talk to them. All right, everybody, sure. next Sunday, Matshem, we'll have a program together and thank everybody for coming. Schwarzberger, Menachem Bernfeld, and uh, Dr. Mordechai Weiss. And uh, I feel you guys should be of only brachas for you, your family, mishpachas, for volunteering your time to be mechazek It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. And I, I see the text messages that I'm getting from people, people, you know, because people, people, um, people are constantly um, texting me and they're just like, wow, when is the next one? The chizik is strong. It's um, people are texting me right now. Yankee, I know it's very good. Thank you, Yankee Anrat. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful, and um, we're here for each other. And the one thing I say about all these zooms, I try to tell everybody that calls, and this is not—we're all in this together. This is a, something that there's nobody who's not. Everybody's having family members that are sick. Tremendous amount of deaths, obviously, financial. We're all going through this together, and I think we, what we could do as people together is just reach out to each other and lean on each other for help. That's, that's what makes Clyde's role better than anybody else. We're one nation. We're one people. So we're, we, we could, this is what we're here. We're here to lead on each other. And I, I feel like, Baruch Hashem, we have people that are willing to really give whatever they have. Hashem gives us Kaychus, right? And we got to use it. This is why we have it, right? 100%. Thank you, Oshie. Thank you, Great job. Take care. Bye-bye. Who said?